Good morning, everyone. Today's Tuesday, October 20th, and we're in Psalm 45 in our reading plan. And this psalm is entitled, Your Throne, O God, is Forever. And I think right off the bat, when you read through this psalm, I think you'll notice that it's a very different style than what we've seen so far. It, When I was reading it, what I thought is it, it actually feels like something that should fit into the Song of Solomon. It's, as it says in the title, it's a love song that was written by the sons of Korah. And it, it really does have that feel. And it feels like it should be part of the Song of Solomon um, because of its style. Basically, what this song is, is it's a it's considered a royal psalm. And it would have been used as a wedding song for a royal couple in the line of David. So the king getting married to his bride. And this song can apply to anyone in the line of David. And really what it's about is it, it praises the privileged position of his people. That they get to look upon the king. And it also communicates God's expectation for his people in response to the king. And so this is the context that we need to first read this psalm in, that it is a psalm, it is a wedding song for the royal line of David. Uh, but then after that, after we read it in that context, we can expand the context beyond that because of the theological significance of, of weddings and what they mean in regards to uh, the new covenant that Jesus has made with his church and the importance of the Davidic line of kings in the life of Israel, this song actually takes on a deeper theological significance for you and I as followers of Christ. And what this song can apply to is the relationship of Jesus with his church. And it applies to Jesus and his relationship with his church because, as I said, this is a psalm that was written for the line of David. And we know that Jesus comes from the line of David. He is the son of David. That is one of the names that we use for him. And he is the king. He is the king over all. And he has this special relationship with his people. And so for us, we can read this psalm and it's important to read it in its important in its original context and then read it as a as a type or a foreshadowing of Jesus's relationship with his church. And when we read it that way, we can very clearly see, as I said, God's expectation for his people in response to his king. Uh, if we read this in light of who Jesus is, let's just read the first couple of verses and we'll, we'll get a picture of how God's people should respond to their king. Right? It says, my, my heart overflows with a pleasing theme. I address my verses to the king. My tongue is like the pen of a ready scribe. You are the most handsome of the sons of men. Grace is poured upon your lips. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. 
Gird your sword on your thigh, O mighty one, in your splendor and majesty. And so can you not just picture these words, right, of, of God's people speaking directly to Jesus? You know, in, in C.S. Lewis's um, book, Reflection Reflections on the Psalms, he spoke about Psalm 45, and he said this. He said, the birth of Christ uh, speaking about Christmas, the birth of Christ is the arrival of the great warrior and the great king that is pictured in this song. It is also the arrival of the lover, the bridegroom that is pictured in this psalm, whose beauty surpasses that of man. So when you read this psalm, read it first in the context with it, in which it was written, and then next read it with Jesus as the bridegroom and you as the bride and it will give you a really beautiful picture of our relationship to Jesus Christ as our King.